morning, Calvary family. It's really good to worship with you today. It's good to have you both in the room and also to our online family. Thank you for taking the time to connect with us today. And as one family together, it's good to worship on this Sunday, on this Sabbath moment. The Lord is at work. The Lord is at work in our midst. And for those of you both here and online, I, I hope that you have taken the time this week to revive your soul. That 21-day reading and prayer plan uh, was designed, broken out, and written for you so that one of the most important pieces of you moving forward by faith can occur, and that is the revival of your soul. Every great moment of victory in your life as a follower of God, as a child of faith, as a follower of Jesus Christ who claims salvation in his name, Every great moment of victory in your life, it begins with a revival of your soul, a revival of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, a great verse, it, it says this, Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things yet to be seen. And by it, the people of old gained their approval with God. Faith, faith, it is the assurance of things that you hope for. Hope for means you don't see it yet, but you hope for. And faith allows you to hope for something that is yet to be seen. That's why the next part of the verse says, it is the conviction that you live by. A conviction that you live by is not something of convenience. Has life been convenient to you lately? No, we, we don't live as children of God by convenience. We live by conviction. And to live by the conviction of faith means that you are believing and holding on to things that you do not see currently or you may not have seen come to fruition in the past. But you live by the conviction that it's going to be fulfilled, just maybe not yet. And by the way, the Bible says that's how you gain your approval with God. It's not by your works, it's not by your finances, it's not by your strength or your emotional stability or your ability. It's not by any of those things. It's by faith that people gain their approval and their relationship with God. How much do they trust him? What is the conviction of which they trust him? We need faith in our generation, don't we? We've needed faith in the last year and more of life. We need faith today as we move forward. And the 21-day reading plan that has been given to you, which you can access if you have not, um, if you've missed it, just pick it up and begin to do it now. That 21-day reading plan that I have written for you, go to calvaryneworleans.com slash next. Download that. And begin to take the 21-day challenge to revive your soul and strengthen your faith. faith. That's the first part of our three-tiered vision to move forward by faith. By the way, not forward by the news, not forward by your feelings, not forward by what people say or don't say, um, not forward by how people respond to you or, or how you respond to them, forward by faith. Because <laughs> faith is what moves every one of us as children of God forward. Reviving our faith and reviving our souls Second Chronicles has been broken out for you to be able to help you personally in your walk with God. By the way, today's message I'm going to take right out of today's scripture reading. 
So I'm walking alongside of you in this journey, and I'm going to take a portion of our reading from today as our message today, because I, I believe that this is our next step to revive our souls, both for all of you in the room and for those of you that are connected to us in our online church. So with that, then the next part of our three-tiered vision is a renewal of our mission, a renewal of our mission, a renewal to the commitment of the mission of Calvary here in New Orleans. And, and I had the privilege to visit with a, a pastor this week from another city, and I was able to explain to him that, that God um, has given this church, I was talking about you, because I love you, and God's given this church a unique mission in a very unique and wonderful city. And yet that mission is not easy, and to attain the mission, to fulfill the mission, it, it requires a, a recommitment, if you will, to the mission that God has given us in our community, not only to impact our local community, the West Bank, the city, but also our state and world. And that requires a renewal of our mission, a renewal of our commitment to it. And so as things continue to move forward and, and as we continue to move forward by faith, we will recommit and renew our commitment to this church and the ministries and the mission of this church. Well, one case in point is that um, our students will be going to camp in just a few weeks as soon as school is out. You know, last week uh, our students were gathered for Disciple Now. Um, in a couple of weeks they'll be going to camp to renew their commitment to the Lord, revive their souls. What a, what a great statement of faith. Um, our children, today, they're being ministered to in Jumpstart because we have a commitment to your families to strengthen the faith of the children. That's what we're going to do. And, and I do understand that some people, because we've lived in a culture of, of fear for such a long time now, fear of so many things, I realize that when someone says, we're going to move forward, it, it can create this great tension. Well, what if this what if this? Well, what about this? Well, will this people or this group or this thing? Is going to, I realize that. It creates great tension in us. But I just ask the question, what if God? What if God? And the only way we get to see the conviction of things hoped for, the assurance of things unseen, is to say, what if God? And the only way we say, what if God, and we receive his approval and his blessing is if we take steps forward by faith. We as people... As a church, as individuals, as a nation, as people, we can either choose to remain stuck in whatever it is that is of the past, or as a great friend of mine has said to me recently, or you can just move forward by faith. And I choose with you, alongside of you, to lead us forward by faith. So that means a revival of our souls, step one, a renewal of our mission, and then third, a refreshing of our facilities. And even on a day like today, where you kind of have this sense of rain lingering out in the distance, which fortunately we were able to get in and we're all dry. But it's a reminder that some of the things that we must do as a church that were um, going to be accomplished through a group of skilled people prior to a pandemic and a shutdown, and then they were actually heightened and made more aware through a, a hurricane that hit us back in the late fall. All of those things put before us an opportunity that we seize by faith, and it requires every one of us Trusting the Lord, doing our part, and moving forward as a congregation by faith. And there's always questions. I mean, I live in a world, you live in a world of people questioning everything. But do you ever get tired of people questioning everything? 
I mean, eventually you want to be surrounded by people who desire your best, who believe in your best, who want your best, and who want to move forward with you into God's best. And I believe that's what he has for you as his child, but even more so, I believe that's what he has for us corporately as this congregation as we look ahead to what God will do. This morning, I'm going to go to 2 Chronicles chapter 13. So take your Bibles and go to 2 Chronicles chapter 13. If you've been doing the reading plan, you will notice that that was today's reading, 2 Chronicles chapter 12 and 2 Chronicles chapter 13. And as you're turning there, um, let me just say a word. Um, I'm so grateful for um, our worship leadership team that has, during the season of life, um, continue to bring forth excellence in helping us worship and to look upward toward the Lord. Um, these last four songs that we sang, powerful songs, the battle belongs to you, Lord. The battle belongs to him. All of those songs today, um, strategically done both for you in the room and for those of you online to help you move forward by faith, uh, as well as our technical team. I want to say thank you to all those who've been working to move this church forward. And we're not done yet. We're continuing to figure out we can either stay stuck, we can either go back, or we can just say God has given us an opportunity to get better, to move forward by faith, to reach more people, and to set this church up for its future. Not just what we knew or what we see, but what does God have for all of us and even those of us who may not be here. You may move on to glory or you may have a job transition that takes you somewhere else. But I, I can think of two families specifically and they are connected to us today. I've sent them notes that they have been moved and relocated elsewhere in this country. But yet they are deeply connected to this church family. And to that I'm grateful because they believe in the mission here in New Orleans. And they continue to help this church move forward by faith to impact future generations. What a great opportunity before us. Today I want to show you how to get there from, from chapter 13. As we look at 2 Chronicles chapter 13, I, I want to show you how in our lives we all can move forward by faith. And I'm not going to change the life lesson. I know some of you are going, man, he must be losing his mind. He said the same thing for two weeks in a row. Well, welcome to week three. You know, sometimes as pastors, we can preach a new message every single week. And, and there's a reality that many people only remember 10% of what we say when they walk out the door. So imagine how little you remember by the time you get to lunch, right? Much less Sunday evening or Monday morning. Um, so I just decided that a part of this series, we really need to understand this principle to move forward by faith. And that is... Are you ready? You're taking notes? Perhaps if you were, you've actually had this one written down. And after we talk about it seven times, it may stick, right? If we act in faith toward God, if we act in faith toward God, then, then we can see him respond in faithfulness toward us. If we act in faith toward God, then we can see him respond in faithfulness toward us. And today as we look at Second Chronicles and we think about the challenge before us, the reviving of our souls, the renewing of our mission, and the refreshing of our house, of our facilities, of taking care of the house that God has given us. And, and really as a part of our witness to our community, refreshing this place where it really shows on the outside what's happening on the inside. As we think about those things, I'm reminded of this great leader who only ruled three years. 
He only had three years to lead God's people, but we read about him in 2 Chronicles chapter 13. This is what the scriptures say. In the 18th year of King Jeroboam, Abihah became king over Judah. He reigned in Jerusalem for three years. His mother's name was Micaiah, the daughter of Uriel of Gibeah. Now there was war between Abihah and Jeroboam. Abihah began the battle with an army of warriors, 400,000 chosen men. While Jeroboam drew up in battle formation against him with 800,000 chosen men. Who, by the way, for clarity's sake, were valiant warriors. So immediately you begin to see um, in scripture what's going on. You have Abiha who has only reigned for a short period of time and he has 400,000 men. But he's about to go into this great conflict with someone who has double the army and not just double the army. It's not just 800,000 chosen men. It's 800,000 chosen men who were valiant warriors. So he's going into battle against a force that is trained and equipped to destroy him. The Bible continues, Abihah stood on Mount Zemarim, which is in the hill country of Ephraim. And he said, listen to me, Jeroboam and all of Israel. Do you not know that the Lord God of Israel gave rule over Israel forever to David and his sons by a covenant of salt? What's a covenant of salt? Well, if you go back and you look through the Old Testament, uh, and if you think about the use of salt today, salt symbolizes permanence. Um, Not only does it make something flavorful, uh, of which if you use too much, your doctor's going to tell you to back off the sodium, right? Um, Because your blood pressure will shoot up. But but also salt preserves. Um, It it meant something that it, it was intended back in that day, especially to preserve something for a long period of time. So this covenant that, Abihah is referencing was a covenant that was supposed to be a preserved covenant. The reason that's important is if you notice what's happening in the context, the two armies that are coming into battle, look at this. This is very important. They are both God's people, which by the way, begs the question, why in the world would God's people fight against one another? (laughs) I mean, that's a battle that is ridiculous at its core. Why would the children of God take such deep, divisive sides that they begin to ridicule, attack, and battle against one another. They had forgotten the covenant that was to be be preserved by salt between the two of them as God's people. And so there's this great division that's occurring because they're not keeping the covenant. But Abiha says, look, before you attack me with your 800,000 people, I just want you to know we're keeping and we're following a covenant that was put in place a long time ago. We're following the traditions of those who have gone before us. Yet, Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, the son, the servant of Solomon, the son of David, he rose up and he rebelled against his master. And worthless men gathered to him, wicked men, who proved too strong for Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, when he was young, when he was timid, and when he could not hold his own against them. Perhaps you go through seasons in your life of faith where you don't move forward by faith because um, maybe you deal with this kind of character trait in your own life. Um, young, timid, and can't hold your own. You feel like, well, um, maybe I'm young in my faith or, or I don't understand this. I'm timid. I'm, I'm afraid to move forward by faith. Um, I can't hold my own against 
those around me, the battles that I fight. Well, this is what was going on. And, and Abiha says, this is where you get taken advantage of. He's basically telling Jeroboam and the armies of Jeroboam, you took advantage of someone who was not strong in their faith. And for all of us in our faith, if we don't move forward in the strength of the Lord, um, our faith can be taken advantage of. You as a Christian, um, you can be stuck. You can be paralyzed. You cannot move forward. And Abiha is saying, that is just not who this people is going to be. He goes on, he says, you now intend to assert yourself against the kingdom of the Lord through the sons of David. Being a great multitude and having with you the golden calves, which Jeroboam made for you as gods. Have you not driven out the priest of the Lord, the sons of Aaron and the Levites? And you've made for yourself priests like the people of the other lands. You want to be like everyone else, he says. You want to act like the world and yet claim the favor of God. And Abiha is telling Jeroboam, that's just not going to work. You've even said, basically, whoever comes to consecrate himself with a bull and seven rams, even that person may become a priest of things that are not God's. So he's basically saying, you've put your faith in all these other things that anybody can be a priest. Anybody can be a leader before these weak and worthless gods. That's how much you've lowered your fellowship of the God of heaven. But as for us, and this is where the strength comes in, that Abiha would have to move forward by faith. As for us, the Lord is our God, and we have not abandoned him. And the sons of Aaron are ministering to the Lord as priests, and the Levites attend to their work. Every morning and evening, they burn to the Lord burnt offerings and fragrant incense, and the showbread is set on the clean table. And the golden lampstand with its lamps is ready to light every evening. For we perform our duty to the Lord, our God, but you have abandoned him. Now behold, God is with us. He is with us at our head and his priest with the signal trumpets to sound the war cry against you. Sons of Israel, and he's pleading to Jeroboam at this point, Sons of Israel, do not fight against the Lord God of your fathers, for you will not succeed. Now, Jeroboam with 800,000 valiant, trained, skilled warriors is hearing this message. And he has a choice. I will either respond by faith or I will respond by my own strength. I will try to figure out how to do this in my own power or I can hear the word of the Lord and I can return and revive my soul, renew my commitment and do the right thing. So we get a clue into what Jeroboam is going to do. Jeroboam, he set an ambush to come from behind so that Israel was in front of Judah and the ambush was behind them. When Judah turned around, behold, they were attacked both from the front and the rear. Have you ever felt attacked by someone from every side? Have you ever had your character maligned or your intentions misunderstood, you as a person? Have you just ever felt attacked in your faith because of what you genuinely thought, believed, held to? Have you ever felt that? Well, that's where they are right now. They're attacked physically, literally, from the front and from the back. When Judah turned around, they were attacked from the front and the rear, so they cried out to the Lord, and the priests blew the trumpets. 
Then the men of Judah raised a war cry. And when the men of Judah raised the war cry, look at this. God defeated Jeroboam and all of Israel before Abihah and Judah. When the sons of Israel fled from Judah, God handed them over to them. Abihah and his people defeated them with a great slaughter so that 500,000 chosen men of Israel fell slain. The sons of Israel were subdued at that time and the sons of Judah conquered because, because, because they trusted in the Lord, the God of their fathers. Now when I, I think about us as a church, we as children of God, as people moving forward by faith into what is next, I, that lesson just comes back. If I will act in faithfulness toward God, then I can see him respond back to me. If I act in faith toward God, then I will see him respond in faithfulness to me. But it's all about taking the steps of faith. You have this army of 800,000 come against this army of 400,000. This army of 800,000, uh, they are trusting in their own strength. A matter of fact, they have this great plan. Hey, let's distract them from the front and we'll have 400,000 in front. We'll have 400,000 attack from the back. We have this great ambush and strategy and we are going to annihilate Abiha, who has only been a ruler for a short period of time, but we're going to destroy them by our own strength, by our own might, by our own ability, by our own intuition, intellectual strategy. We're going to ambush them. We're going to do this this way. And what's fascinating is that army of 800,000 quickly dwindled down to 300,000. And the army of 400,000 under a leader who had only ruled a short period of time, but who had great faith and great connection to the faith of the people of his ancestors, his fathers, people who had trusted in the Lord. That army experienced a great route and they overcame all of these obstacles, all of these difficulties in his generation. Now for you and I, I hope that that will move you forward by faith just like Abihah was able to move forward by faith and to be a part of God's people moving forward by faith. Because in this passage, you and I can learn and see that the success of being able to move forward by faith, it happens for a few reasons. I want you to see those today. Number one, God delivered them. Today, if you took the time to go through the 21-day next challenge and you're reading through that, you will notice that the prayer point of today is about deliverance. And, and the truth is, in our lives, we all need some form of God's favor and deliverance. And humility before him and him alone allows him to come through on behalf of those who trust him by faith. How does God deliver, though? I mean... For example, for us to move forward in refreshing this house, there's a reality that there are great challenges for that. And I know that last week, or perhaps as you've looked online at, at the list, you go, okay, one of the great challenges is the finance, you know, because a lot of people are going, I don't have it, right? I understand that. A lot of people are going, I don't know how, how you're going to continue to push forward in things when there's a whole world and culture that doesn't know what it's doing. You know, they're focused on one thing and reopening this and 
boy, we really need to be careful and cautious. You know, I, I understand all of these emotions. But the truth is, I, I've lived a whole year of life asking myself the question, do I trust in a government to deliver? An individual to deliver? In the depths of my soul and my mind and my strength and the battles that come against me or that have come against you? Do I trust in my ability to deliver? Or do I trust in the Lord to deliver? Do I trust in the Lord to move us, his people, his church, his children, to victory by faith? And in this passage, when you look at Abiha and what he teaches us, he shows us how God's deliverance and how God's victory comes to us by faith. The first one is he delivered. God delivered them because they did not forsake him. God delivered his children. Now, now understand, you have two factions of the people of God fighting against each other. And, and at its core, um, what a great lesson to learn. A lot, of, a lot of churches, a lot of Christians, they get off mission when they don't renew their mission to the Lord and to the mission of reaching others. When they get off mission, they start fighting against one another over things that don't matter. One of the things that I love about you and I've loved about serving in this church is we just really don't have time in New Orleans, Louisiana to fight over things that don't matter. They can do that in other parts of the country, but we just really don't have time to get off point with the mission of God to help people come to know him in a real way. And the reality is God's people back then got off point. And so they bickered about this. They made an issue about this. And that created deep fracturing divides in the people of God then. And the ones who came out victorious every time were the ones who kept focused on the mission who kept focused on the Lord. And Abiha had to tell the armies of Jeroboam and Jeroboam, look, you have abandoned the Lord. You have abandoned his ways. You have abandoned his temple, his house. You've abandoned his priest. You've abandoned his ways. You've abandoned the Lord. But we didn't. We did not abandon the Lord. We did not forsake him. And because they didn't forsake the Lord, even in the face of sure defeat, because they're being faced with 800,000 trained warriors with great pressure, with great oppression, with odds that are not good for them, they're being faced with, with all of this, but they didn't abandon the Lord. And part of the recipe for success in watching God come through on your behalf in your finances, in your family, in your job, but also very specifically in your house of worship, is to realize whatever happens in my life, I cannot forsake the Lord. I realize that many of you have walked through great personal difficulty, tragedy, challenge in the last year. Some of that with your family, some of that with your job, some of that with your finances, some of that with your health and your future. I realize all of that. In the midst of all of those things, those are great, deep, difficult challenges that every person at some point or another is going to face. How do you experience victory over those things? Do not forsake the Lord. When the Lord is with you in the trenches, when the Lord is with you in the foxhole, you're never alone. You will come out on the other side victorious because when you have the Lord, you have the key to victory. And he is the only one at times who can deliver us from the onslaught 
of the enemy who is against us. They didn't forsake the Lord. And that was recipe, the first part. That was key number one for success in the lives of the children of God. And that's key number one for success in your life as well. Do not forsake the Lord. And Abiha reminded them, you abandoned the Lord. You abandoned his ways. But us, we never did. So don't fight against him. Which is the second part that I think we learned today from Abiha. God delivered them because they let him fight for them. God delivered Abiha and the children of God that were the, the tribe of Judah. He delivered them from the evil attack, from the ambush, from the strength, from the onslaught of those who were against them because they were willing to let God fight on their behalf. They were willing to let God fight the battles between those against them or the battles that they faced in their life. Listen, victory and deliverance in your life comes through this humility of being able to say, God, I'm going to trust you by faith to bring about the victory in the battles of life that I'm going through. God, I'm going to trust you to win that battle. The battle that I may be feel like I'm fighting against someone else, the battle that I may be fighting internally, the battle that I may be fighting that really is a spiritual battle at its core, those battles can only be won when you let God fight those battles. Now, what do we want to do as people? Realistically, what do we want to do? We want to fight those battles. We want to get the last word. We want to overcome. We want to prove someone else is wrong. We want, to, we want to be able to have our agenda be the top agenda, our way of telling the story as being the only way of telling the story. That's what we do in our flesh. That's what Jeroboam was doing. Oh, and by the way, Jeroboam was probably doing it in the name of God. He probably was. But Abiha basically said, we're not going to do any of that. We have the priest. We have the trumpets, and we have the war cry to call out on our Lord. And if you come against us, because we have not abandoned the Lord, we have not forsaken him, but you have. If you come against us, we will raise the war cry against you, and you will not succeed against us. Talk about confidence, by the way. Abiha saying, bring your army, come against us, but we have the priests, we have the trumpets, we will raise a war cry, and you cannot succeed against the Lord our God because he's on our side. Now, wouldn't you love to be able to say that in your life? Your plans against me will not succeed because God's on my side. <laughs> now, I realize everybody wants to use that as their ace of spades, as their card to be able to say, I've got you in that. But you can only say that, do that, when you mean it. Not when it's convenient. Jeroboam would have said it because it would have been convenient. He wanted to manipulate the situation while, while still trying to set an ambush to overcome in his own intellect, in his own strength, by his own ability. But Abiha was basically saying, we trust in the Lord. We have not abandoned the Lord. We believe in the Lord, and he will deliver us because we're going to let him Prove how powerful he is. So the second part of their deliverance came when they realized that they would let the Lord fight for them. And that came about through the third way. And this is also how you and I can move forward by faith. Experiencing God's provision, his protection, his deliverance, and his way of moving us forward. Is God delivered them because they cried 
out to him. The scripture is very clear. It says, um, when Judah turned around, behold, they were attacked both from the front and the rear. So they cried out to the Lord and the priests blew the, blew the trumpets. But they cried out to the Lord. Now, now think about it. If you're ambushed um, and you're surrounded and you're attacked from all sides, what happens in the flesh naturally? What's the first reaction that comes? Maybe it's panic. Um, maybe it's fear. Maybe it's negotiating. Or, or maybe it's just this out-of-control frenzy to fight from every direction of which you can never win a battle like that. What's the first fleshly reaction that comes to you? I, I can find myself feeling any number of those previously mentioned. But the people of God were trained to cry out to the Lord. When, when things got really bad, it was cry out to the Lord. One of the things you're going to discover in your 21-day revival of your soul reading plan Every time, every time, the people of God, regardless of where they were and what they were going through, every time they cried out to the Lord, he answered. Every time. You will find when you read, perhaps, as you even read this morning in chapter 12, that there are moments where the people of God turn to their own way. And God would allow someone to come in like Shishak and attack them. And you will discover that they could have lived under the oppression of that. Or God could use that moment to humble them, to turn them back to the Lord. And when they cried out to the Lord, he would spare them a certain part of the consequence. Every time God's people cry out to the Lord, he delivers them every time. Abihah knew this. And if Abihah knew this, then you and I need to know this. How is it that we as a church can continue to move forward by faith in, in the face of so much uncertainty? Whether it be a culture, a city, um, finances, maybe personal attacks. How can you continue to move forward by faith? Well, part of the 21-day challenge is to get each and every one of us to cry out to the Lord. You see, prayer is not a routine ritual that we should just be involved in. Prayer is your moment to cry out to the Lord. Prayer is your moment to lay out before the Lord, Lord, um, I want to be a part of a growing, healthy church. I want my faith to move forward. So, so God, I don't, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I trust you. I'll, I'll be more consistent in going to church so that I can learn. God, I'm going to take a step and try to get into a reading plan. That's new for me, but I'm going to try to do that. Or maybe you've done that your whole life, and you're like, well, I've read the Bible. I've read the books. I've prayed before, and you've gotten hardened. Well, now's your chance to Turn around and cry out to the Lord and refresh and renew your faith and, and get back on point with mission. Every time God's people take steps like that, he delivers. He brings victory. He brings provision. If you want your business blessed over the next three years, so that as we look at a project for a church and we go, man, that's three quarters of a million dollars worth of work to really move this church forward. I don't know how that's going to happen. Well, if I were you and I were a person involved in a business or, or looking at my job, I'd start crying out to the Lord, God, bless my business. <laughs> God, so that I can bless my church. God, bless my household so that I can bless you and bless my church. That's what I'm praying. I believe every time God's people cry out to the Lord, he does something great for those who trust him. If he did it for Abihah in the face of great uncertainty and odds that made no sense, then guess what he will do for you? 
the same thing when you cry out to him. That was the third part of their victory and their deliverance. And that brings us to the fourth and the final thing. Ultimately, the passage ends with the fourth part of how God delivered them. And God delivered them because they just simply trusted in him. Abiha and the tribe of Judah, who, side note, is very important in Scripture because Jesus is known as the Lion of Judah. The lineage of Jesus comes through the tribe of Judah. And Judah was very important in this moment. In this moment, Abiha was a great leader for three years because he pointed God's people toward the power of staying faithful to the Lord and trusting in the Lord. The last verse that we read today, it said this, the sons of Israel were subdued and the sons of Judah conquered because, why? Because, why? Very simply, because, because of their might, because of their money, because of their plan, because of their strategy, because of everything that they knew was going to happen, because of all of those things? No! And quite frankly, if anything, that's what the last year of life should teach all of us. Because of all of those things, all of those things can be stolen, taken away, broken down in a moment. But victory can be assured because they trusted in the Lord. Deliverance can be assured. Provision can be assured. Protection can be assured. Favor can be assured. God's goodness on your life can be assured because you trusted in the Lord, the God of your fathers. That ultimately was the key to victory. And as Abiha reminded Jeroboam of these things that we continue to perform the duty that God gave us. We continue to be faithful to the ways of the Lord, the house of the Lord, the people of the Lord. Abiha said, we have not forsaken the Lord like you have. He basically said, look, you can set an ambush. The ambush should have worked, by the way. Mathematically speaking, the physical strength of Jeroboam and his army should have worked. It was an ambush. And when you're ambushed, you don't see it coming. You don't know what's going to happen. Kind of like the last year of life. <laughs> you don't always have to know what's coming when you know who's in charge of it. You don't always have to know the answer when you know the one who's fighting the battle for you. And the ambush didn't work because they let God fight for them. How did God fight for them? When they had a moment of humility where they broke down and they cried out to the Lord. They let a battle cry out to the Lord. And as they let the battle cry out to the Lord, the Bible says very clearly, before they raised a sword, before they were able to fight the battle, it says, the Lord routed Jeroboam. Now, that's very interesting because if you and I were writing the book, we would say, look at what we did. We cried out to the Lord and we kicked some tail. <laughs> but you don't have them saying that. What you have is them saying, we cried out to the Lord, which is a sign of abject humility to God. God, you have to win this. You have to provide. You have to deliver. And when they humble themselves that way, guess what? God did that. That's when God wins the battles, when we cry out to him. And that's what prayer, that's what worship, that's what stepping forward by faith means. God, I'm, I'm crying out to you because I want you to win these battles in my life. Only you, God, can win these battles that I face. So I trust you and I cry out to you. And once they cried out and God routed and delivered their enemies, then they were able to seize upon the moment. And they were able to seize upon the moment because they trusted in the Lord. Today, 
as we think about moving forward into what's next for us. Next, both in the revival of our spirit and our souls. Next, both in the renewal of our commitment to the mission of this church. And next, in refreshing the house that God has given to us. How do we find God's deliverance? How do we find God's victory? How do you find it in the personal areas of your life that you're fighting battles front, behind, side, and side? How do you find God's victory? Well, when you act in faith toward God, every time, every time, every time, then and only then will you see Him respond in faithfulness to you. You step forward by faith. Forward by faith, not abandoning him, letting him fight for you, crying out to him, and trusting in him for the victory. And I can't think this morning of a greater way to continue us in our journey, both for those of you in the room and for those of you in our online family, to continue in that journey by making sure that you're walking the 21-day challenge of moving forward by faith into what God has for you next. And as you pray through God, how, how can you, through my humility answer prayers and bring provision and opportunities that only you can do winning battles that only you can do god how can you do that that's part of this 21 day challenge it's part of us renewing our commitment to the ways of the lord and the house of the lord being able to see what only he can do to bring about victories that really don't make any sense but they are heavenly and they are beautiful and they are better than anything else that we would face I'd like for us both here in the room and in our online family to just take a moment and pray. And I want to encourage you as you bow your heads and as you bow your hearts right now. Um, the children of God, then they cried out to the Lord. So from your soul right now, whether you're in your kitchen or on your couch or, or you're there having a cup of coffee or, or you're here in this room today, right where you are, let me encourage you, bow your head. Out of an opportunity to truly hear from God. Let me ask you to close your eyes right where you are so that you are focused on the God of heaven who loves you. And I want you to cry out to God. What is it in your soul that is there that he sees and knows that you need deliverance with? You need his help with. You need his victory with, his provision with, his protection with. Then cry out to him right now from where you are. For some of you, right now in your soul, as you search your soul, you realize that you feel that God is far away. Maybe you've known religion and you've known answers, but you've never known God personally. And the deliverance you need is a salvation of your soul. The first time of taking a step of faith to say, God, I really do believe in you. And I really do need your son, Jesus, to be my personal savior now, to cleanse me of all things past, present, and future and to make me your child because he is the Lamb of God. Today, maybe your step of faith and deliverance is asking Jesus to save you. Do that right now. Cry out to God where you are for that, for that salvation. Maybe it's emotional healing. You've been dealing with stuff. Maybe it's phys physical healing. And then definitely even now as you cry out, I want you to cry out on behalf of Calvary and New Orleans right now. That God would win battles and bring victory in ways that we do not know, that we cannot see, but yet that's who he is. We cry out to him. And as we pray together and as we search our hearts, my prayer is that through these weeks, days, readings, God will revive our souls. Father, I'm thankful for your children. 
for your sons and daughters who have not forsaken you. They have not abandoned you. I'm thankful that for those who trust in you, there is this assurance and this conviction that you will not abandon us. There is this assurance and this conviction that the plans formed against us will not prosper. The battles formed against your children, they cannot be won by those who have abandoned you. Because we know you are a mighty warrior and you fight mightily on behalf of those who trust in you. So today we proclaim our trust in you and we cry out from all that is within and all that we bring to you from our needs, we cry out for your deliverance in humility and asking for your mercy and grace through the only one who made it real, Jesus Christ, your son. We pray these things and we ask you for great things in these days ahead as we move forward by faith in the name above every name, the name of Jesus, we pray. And all God's children said, amen and amen. Listen, I, I'm excited about what is next. And I want to encourage you in your faith, move forward by faith. Faith is the conviction of those things that we do not see. Faith is the assurance of the fulfillment of the things that we hope for. And people receive approval from God when they trust Him. You are approved by God when you trust Him. And as we look at this book of 2 Chronicles, we walk through the whole thing together. We're going to learn together every time that the people responded by faith. God responded in faithfulness to them. And if He did that for them, guess what? He's going to do that for you and He's going to do that for us. I want to thank you in this room today for your faithfulness in giving. Because I know that you are praying right now. Not only about being obedient with the tithe, which for some people is difficult. It's difficult. But you're also now praying about, okay, not just the tithe, but the offering. What's the offering that I will bring on May the 16th to help the work get started here? What's the offering? And so you're having to pray about that. And, and you're like me asking God, God, I'm asking for something significant. So God, how are you going to provide that? Where is it going to come from? And then that three-year commitment, I realize that you're praying about that. I want to thank you for praying about it. It's important that you pray about it. I, I really think it's so important that it's kind of like the battle that was being fought in the day that we just read. You can say on the one hand, well, I'm going to give this because it makes sense. Well, every time that I give and it makes sense, I'm probably losing a battle spiritually. But if I think about something by faith and, and God, okay, you said what? <laughs> Every time I've seen him do that and I've been obedient, <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he comes through. That's the battle of faith. That's how you move forward in life. That's how you're victorious in your school. That's how you're victorious in your recreation. That's how you're victorious in your relationships. That's how you're victorious in your jobs. And guess what? That's how you're victorious in your church. So as you move forward by faith, continue to pray. And I want to thank you for giving. For those of you online, you see how you're able to give right now. And I appreciate those of you who are not only here in the city and you're using this as your church moment right now, but for those of you who are in different parts of the world right now, thank you for being a part of our family. It means the world. And I appreciate you connecting to those of us here and those of us around the world. We are on mission together as a family. So thank you for being faithful to that. And this week, if you've missed the moment, go download 
the Calvary Next plan. 21 days to revive your soul, 21 days to equip your faith, and 21 days to prepare us to move forward by faith. And I hope that this week that will inspire and move you ahead. Until I see you again, I'm so grateful for you. I do pray victory and deliverance in your life. I hope that you will take this prayer guide and continue to grow. And I'm asking God for his best, his blessing, his deliverance, his provision in your life. God bless you all and have a great day.